1: Tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, word is coming out from a couple different reports that several family members of the American hostages, remember there are about seven or eight Americans who are still being held by Hamas in Gaza and are still, you know, no reports. We don't know what's happening with them. Well, now family members apparently had asked the White House, If they could attend the Hanukkah reception tonight and did not receive invitations and feel, quote, snubbed, if that's true and the White House was aware that they wanted to come, why the heck would you not want to honor these people and obviously grant whatever requests they want? If they want to come to a reception, they want to meet with the president, want to do any of those things, they are certainly entitled to it. So, boy, if it turns out that the White House purposely snubbed these people, that is despicable. But they are saying that they felt snubbed, that they had put a request and did not actually receive invitations. So either the ball was dropped or they were intentionally snubbed. And based on a lot of the things that we've been hearing with this White House, uh, either one could very well be possible. We do know, of course, over the weekend the president of the University of Pennsylvania, where President Biden went. So where are his comments condemning the, you know, just uh, cases of anti-Semitism at UPenn? Remember, there's the UPenn Biden Center. How could you forget it? Uh, That's where those classified documents were found. Remember that we're all over the place there at the UPenn Biden Center. There's a center named after him. And it was one of the schools that many are saying had some of the worst cases of anti-Semitism. Remember, the president last week was grilled on Capitol Hill by New York Congresswoman Elise Stefanik. And she had, like, no answer. It was like, well, it depends the context when you say genocide. I'm not really sure. I mean, it was the one of the worst testimonies I've ever seen, not just from her, but from, of course, the president of Harvard, president of MIT, uh, they all couldn't come up with an answer. They all had these canned, crazy answers that some legalese person gave them and said, here's your script, uh, stick with it. And they didn't even have a human answer. And we already saw over the weekend that the president of the University of Pennsylvania, well, she, quote, resigned or pushed out. Of course, it came after a donor said he's going to pull a $100 million because of the way that the University of Pennsylvania has been handling these attacks on Jews verbally and physically there at the school. So the University of Pennsylvania, Liz McGill, president, uh, stepped aside. However, she is still tenured, so she's still apparently getting a salary. But at Harvard, uh, it's not as clear. Everybody was wondering, well, maybe Harvard's going to come next, because, boy, was she a mess last week. And in the last few hours, 640 at one point, and now it's up to, I think, almost 800 members of faculty in Harvard, 700 and something, have signed a letter in support of the current president there at Harvard, Claudine Gay. Now, she's the one who was like, well, you need, I need to have context. And Elise Stefanik was like, wait a minute, you need to have context if someone says they want to have genocide? I mean, that was such a crazy comment. Who could forget this exchange? This was last week, again, with Congresswoman Lisa Fanick and the president of Harvard. Do you believe that type of hateful speech is
2: contrary to Harvard's code of conduct, or is it allowed at Harvard? It is at
3: odds with the values of Harvard.
2: Can you but not say here that it is against the code of conduct at Harvard?
3: We embrace a commitment to free expression, even of views that are objectionable, offensive, hateful. It's when that speech crosses into conduct that violates our
2: policies against bullying, harassment, and Does that speech not cross that barrier? Does that speech not call for the genocide of Jews and the elimination of Israel? When that you speech- testify that you understand that is the def- definition of intifada. Is that speech according to the code of conduct or not?
3: We embrace
2: a commitment to
3: free expression and give a wide berth to free expression, even of views that are objectionable.
2: You and I both know that's not the case. You were aware that Harvard ranked dead last when it came to free speech. Are you not aware of that report?
3: As I observed earlier, I reject that characterization. It's the
2: of data our shows it's true. And isn't it true that Harvard previously rescinded multiple offers of admissions for applicants and accepted freshmen for sharing offensive memes, uh, racist statements, sometimes as young as 16 years old? Did Harvard not rescind those offers of admission?
3: That long predates my time as president. But you, so you understand
2: that Harvard made that decision to rescind those offers of admission.
3: I have no reason to contradict the facts as you present them. Correct, because it's a fact.
1: It was grilling, basting, skewering, every which way, air frying, whatever you want to do it. It was a real uh, eye-opening moment. And these presidents of universities, a lot of them, are just so out of touch and so clueless and live in these incubators, and it epitomized it. And I don't think, you know, to me, it was eye-opening and obviously downright damning because so many people are saying, you know what, okay, Harvard's next. Bill Ackman, who is a big hedge fund guy, is saying, okay, we're waiting. We're waiting now, Harvard. And, of course, as I just mentioned, hundreds of faculty members are signing a letter in support of Claudine Gay saying, you know, what she said wasn't that bad. She's great. You know, and people are going, whoa, 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 whoa. You couldn't even answer a basic question. Is genocide bad? Is raping and pillaging bad? Oh, I'm not sure. Is the Holocaust bad? Oh, I'm not sure. I mean, it it, it was preposterous and their answers were abysmal. And it just shows the climate that is happening, sadly, at so many of these progressive incubators across the country. And yet this is really shocking SNL over the weekend does a skit where they had somebody play Elise Stefanik and the three presidents of universities. And I was shocked that they actually did this. Now, listen, I'm all for sort of, you know, crazy humor. Um, I think SNL overall in a lot of cases is very, very funny. They have very quippy things sometimes. But for some reason, it really got my goat and it clearly got a lot of people upset, too, because here is SNL kind of mocking Elise Stefanik for going after these schools. And a lot of people, even some members of the SNL staff, are now coming out and saying they were very uncomfortable with this, that they did not like that SNL started poking fun and thinking it's funny having somebody play Elise Stefanik grilling them over anti-Semitism. I, I agree. I think there's certain things that are just so unseemly. What are you going to start joking about the Holocaust next? Is that what's next? Listen to this, and SNL is getting a lot of heat about it. Now I'll turn it over to Mega Superstar
4: Elise Stefanik from New York, who's been pacing the hallways listening to Lose Yourself by Eminem. Miss <laughs> Stefanik. Thank you, chairwoman. Now, I'm gonna start screaming questions at these women like I'm Billy Eichner. Anti-semitism, <laughs> yay or nay! I'm sorry, what? Yes or no is calling for the genocide of twos against the code of conduct for Harvard. Well it depends on the context. <gasps> what? <laughs> that can't be your answer, you pen lady. Same question. Yes or no? Well, we are serious about stopping all forms of hatred, anti-Semitism, Islamophobia. <laughs> the second one. And my tea lady, chance to steal. And keep in mind, if you don't say yes, you're going to make me look good, which is really, really hard to do. So I'll ask you straight up. Do you think genocide is bad? Could I submit an answer in writing at a later date? (laughs) Am I winning this hearing? (laughs) Somebody pinch me. (laughs) Ms. Stefanik, your time is up. Oh, thank God. The The chair recognizes gentlemen from Michigan. Thank you. I yield my time back to Ms. <laughs> Stefanik.
1: Damn it! Wow. That was shocking. Is genocide bad? Is it not bad? I, I think it's disgusting. And again, I like to kind of push the envelope with humor. But to me, that was well beyond the limits. And I think completely inappropriate. You know, uh, what, are mass graves bad? You know, it uh, was October 7th bad. I'm waiting to hear that from them. And here's a little bit more of SNL over the weekend, mocking uh, Elise Stefanik and others.
4: I am here today because hate speech has no place on college campuses. Hate speech belongs in Congress, on Elon Musk's Twitter, (laughs) in private dinners with my donors, and in public speeches by my work husband, Donald Trump.
1: Wow. That, to me, was surprising. Not the Trump slam, because they seem to do that all the time. But, again, mocking about grilling over anti-Semitism. That is sort of par for the course. Really shameless. And, of course, tonight we're also talking about Donald Trump and the fact that now Jack Smith, the special counsel, this is on the election case of 2020, says let's fast track things let's not wait till the appeals court decides whether he's immune from prosecution because he was president at the time let's go right to the supreme court and it comes as i mentioned that there's word that they have accessed president trump's phone to which could tell where he's located who he was talking to what he was looking at what he was doing and that it obviously came from a subpoena i'm sure it was fought tooth and nail But they got into his phone and they are quoting that some of the elements in his phone are helpful to Jack Smith's case. So where do you think they're going? And boy, every piece of Trump's life is under the microscope. And what a contrast that is to what we're seeing in the Hunter Biden case. Boy, was just as long coming there. And they're still fighting and saying, if it wasn't for my last name, Hunter Biden, if my last name wasn't Biden... I wouldn't be here. I contend if his last name wasn't Biden, they wouldn't have passed the statute of limitations. They would have thrown the book at him a long time ago. Meantime, President Trump, who could forget, he hasn't had a love affair with Jack Smith from day one because Jack Smith sure seems like he's out to get Trump. This is what Trump has said in the past about Jack Smith. Take a listen.
5: prosecutor in the case... I will call it our case, is a thug. I've named him Deranged Jack Smith. I wonder what his name used to be, Jack Smith. It sounds so innocent, doesn't it? Jack Smith. What's his name? Jack Smith. He's a very nice man. He's a behind-the-scenes guy, but his record is absolutely atrocious. He does political hit jobs.
1: He does political hit jobs. That is what President Trump says. And, boy... He is breaking the system now. Uh, When we come back, we'll take your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222.
0: You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. This is The Rita Cosby Show.
1: President Trump is saying that Jack Smith is playing politics he is saying that boy, this is a mess and that he shouldn't be allowed to fast track things so he sh- he should not be allowed to rush it and suddenly go to the Supreme Court and circumvent the process by saying, you know what, let's have the Supreme Court right away decide if indeed the president is immune because he's the president. We talked about the Nixon case because that's one of the precedents they're saying. In that case, they ruled that Nixon would have to hand over the tapes and documents. Of course, we know Nixon resigned shortly after the release of the tapes. But is this different And this doesn't necessarily relate to documents. This is much more about Trump and testimony and the prosecution overall. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And here is Trump throwing a few salvos recently at the special counsel, Jack Smith, who he's always had a few choice words for.
5: Mad dog psycho prosecutor Jack Smith. Sounds like a very innocent name, doesn't it? Put there for only one reason by Biden and the weaponized Justice Department should stop this witch hunt altogether or at a minimum should give Biden, Obama and everybody else the same treatment as they give me, because we have two sets of justice in our country
1: and the people won't stand for it. What are your thoughts, everybody? one 800 848 Two, two. Let's go to Stan. Line three. Uh, Stan, come on. This is like clearly all about politics.
6: I talk about this. You just said something that got me sick. And that is these people who wanted to come to the White House Hanukkah party, the people whose children or relatives are being held captive, could be dead, and all they want to do is go to a party and have potato latkes? What the hell is wrong with those people? What do they want to bother the president? There's nothing he can say anyway. Things are being done. How dare these people want to come to the Hanukkah party and have fun when their families are being held? Stay by the phone. Oh,
1: wait a
6: minute. Oh,
1: wait, Stan. Oh, no. Wait a minute. Don't come to the White House. Wait for your family. If it was my kids... Or your kids, Stan, would you want to come to the party? Come on. You know I what? You to be by the phone. Stan, you just said one of the most shameful things no, I think I I've it. ever heard. Oh, to- yes, yes. You know why? What? They're not supposed to go there because, you know what? They probably weren't going there for the food and drinks and the music. I would assume, if I were them, that if they were going... These events are great times to talk to different people in and the White House. going to say anything now. Oh yes, no got, oh, yes, they would. Oh, yes, they would. Hey, most of the time, Stan, hold on a, on. a second. Most of the time, at this point, you could certainly get to the president's ear. You could certainly, maybe Blinken's going to be there. Maybe the Secretary of Defense is going to be there. Uh, and it might be a lot easier to catch them while they're there at an event uh, and have them say, listen to them and look at them straight in the face and say, you know, Mr. President or Mr. Secretary of Defense or Mr. Secretary of State, I am begging you now. This is what I would like. And you know what? If they want to go and go to the White House for the Hanukkah party so they could maybe meet some of these key folks that are deciding potentially or have an impact. Of course, it's all up to Hamas, and Hamas is now threatening to kill the hostages. You think they're going there to, what, hang out and have some drinks and food and hang out at the buffet? I don't think so, Stan. And if they want to go, that's the least that we should be able to do is offer that to them. Your thoughts?
6: Well, you're going to a commercial, so you're going to cut me off so it don't make a difference at this stage.
1: Well, it, it does. It actually does, Stan. But you know what? Uh, I will have you come back another time, but that's ridiculous of you to say, Stan. They deserve whatever we can do, and they deserve to be heard.
7: Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the CEO of My Pillow. My passion has always been to help each and every one of you get the best sleep of your life. Well radio has helped my pillow become the amazing company that it is today. And my employees and I want to thank you with some of the best discounts ever. Just go to mypillow.com right now and click on the Radio Podcast Specials. There you're gonna find deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the new six-pack towel sets for only twenty-nine ninety-eight, bed sheets for as low as twenty-four ninety-eight, and fifty percent off MyPillow two
0: Go to MyPillow.com, use promo code 1234, or call 1-800-887-2185. Code 1234. That's 1-800-887-2185. 1-800-887-2185. Code 1234. cosby is on the rita cosby show presents support our heroes
1: and in tonight's support our hero segment which i love doing every night here on the rita cosby show where we get to honor our great veterans and of course their families a beautiful story and a powerful one recently coming from Pearl Harbor, Hawaii, where, of course, last week was the anniversary of the attack on Pearl Harbor. And they had a very powerful ceremony at Pearl Harbor with a number of exceptional veterans who were there on that fateful day. And on December 7th, 1941, Ed Carroll woke to the sound of soaring. Uh, airplanes, and also massive gunshots. When he was asked recently about all that was unfolding before him and his fellow crewmen back then, veteran Carroll said, you wouldn't imagine how many airplanes were in the air over a small area. I can't imagine how they didn't collide with one another, but they didn't. The 16-year-old veteran, Carroll, had just arrived at Pearl Harbor only three days before the attack. As a crew member working on a new model plane, he remembers running from his room to the headquarters. He said, I ran up the stairs about four steps going up to the front door, and there was a man standing at the top of the steps handing out rifles and told us to just go shoot at all the planes. Carroll said he only learned one thing from that experience. I learned what war is. So last Thursday, years after that day of infamy, Carroll sat with fellow World War II veterans. He listened to the sounds of a military tribute at the harbor there in Pearl Harbor and said, I've been back just twice before, but I'm seeing things this time that I have never seen before. Veteran Ed Carroll served from 1941 to 1945, and he ended again. He started at 16, as I mentioned, and ended at the age of 20. Next year, he will turn 99 years old. And wonderful that he was able to go back and be honored with other great heroes from the greatest generation. I always love doing our Support Our Heroes segment, honoring our great veterans and their family. Well, we are talking about President Trump. We're also talking about the fact that now so many university presidents are on the hot seat and everyone's wondering, where is the next shoe that is going to drop? The head of University of Pennsylvania was forced out. She resigned, but she's still there. She has tenure. She's just not in her position. And everyone's saying, well, what about Harvard? What about some of these others? It is really, really shocking when you hear some of these exchanges that went back and forth last week. Um, and here's a little bit. This is cut number two. This is Elise Stefanik last week grilling the president of Harvard, Claudine Gay. Who could forget this exchange? Dr. Gay, a Harvard student calling
2: for the mass murder of African-Americans is not protected free speech at Harvard, Correct. Our commitment to free speech. It's a yes or no question. Is that corrected? Is that okay for students to call for the mass murder of African Americans at Harvard? Is that protected free speech?
3: Our commitment to free speech It's a yes or no question.
1: Wow. That, I thought, was so powerful. And the fact that they could not answer is stunning. Again, members of Harvard today saying that these are members of the faculty saying, Claudine Gay should stay. There are also banners in the sky saying that uh, Harvard basically supports Hamas. There are walking billboards and also billboards on the cars, too, that are going by where people are saying, get rid of Claudine Gay. So there's obviously mixed emotions all over Harvard, and we'll see where this goes. And we'll see if donors pull out because that's what affected University of Pennsylvania, clearly. But SNL is having a field day here and again, I think it's disgusting. I think there's certain things that should not be joked about, like genocide and the Holocaust. Uh, here's a little bit of an SNL skit from this weekend where they pretend like they're at leastaphonic and some of these university presidents.
4: Oh my God! Can you take a moral stance on anything? Can anyone here say yes to a single question? Uh, yes. Hello. I am the president of the University of Phoenix Online, and I am willing to say yes to anything. See? See? Finally, a real president of a real university. That's actually our school motto.
0: U of P, we are a real university.
4: And will you promise to eliminate all anti-Semitism from your campus? Well, my canvas is the internet, so anti Semitism is kind of our most popular major, and our mascot is porn. Okay, then will you offer a course explaining why anti Semitism is wrong? Lady, we'll offer a course on anything. The only mandatory courses we have are how to log into the University of Phoenix online and how to set up autopay. Thank you. Somehow that was the only straight answer I got all day. Well, please don't say the answer was straight. You don't know what the answer's sexual orientation is.
1: Thank you. That's all the time we have. This was all very useless. Wow. That to me is shameful. The experience when we saw them actually being grilled, not the SNL skit that you just heard, was painful. But I actually thought it was very eye-opening. The fact that they couldn't answer a basic question about whether genocide was a bad thing and whether it crosses the line. So the fact that SNL thinks it's like fodder for something funny and to make fun of Elise Stephonic is just, it to me, it's indicative. Who made the decision? I'd love to know who made the decision at SNL to greenlight it. Obviously, probably you would assume some of the the senior producers there. Who came up with the idea? Did they go to uh, University of Pennsylvania or Harvard? I mean, this is just, it is insane, but it just is very indicative with the climate that's going on. And here is Congressman Jim Banks, who said that colleges overall are breeding grounds of hate. And obviously, there's a double standard because... When Harvard had trouble and somebody was complaining about racism, boy, they jumped on it and said, no, we can't tolerate this. We can't do that. But when it came to anti-Semitism, they couldn't figure out if it was bad or not. Take a listen to what Jim Banks had to say.
8: Well, apparently for McGill and these other elite college presidents, there is a major double standard. And that double standard was on full display in the hearing last week. Uh, take for example a speaker who came to University of Pennsylvania to speak but they canceled his speech because he previously worked for the Donald Trump administration or they fired Amy Wax a conservative law professor but mcgill who can't even with a straight face say that genocide against the jewish people is against the code of conduct right. or is violent speech on our college campus can go can go teach at the law school so there's a giant double standard here these universities have become right. cesspools for left-wing political activism they're not about teaching our kids and training them for the workforce and that's why we got to cut off their money
1: and that's why we have to cut off their money. I'm glad it's on the radar of Congress. Uh, but the fact that SNL is mocking it to me is really, I think, pathetic. But it's indicative because it's sort of the behavior that the colleges had. That's what got them in the trouble to begin with. And it comes after a really startling poll that just came out. There was a study recently, and you hear these numbers and you're like, wait, who are these people? There was a poll that just came out recently that said that 20% of people 18 to 39 years old, or 18 to 29 rather, so there's a lot of college students in that batch, 18 to 29 years old, 20% of them say the Holocaust is a myth. That is unbelievable. It is 2023, about to be 2024. And you have people who say that the Holocaust is a myth? That's the question? Yes. Yes. 20 percent, 18 to 29 years old, that is 50, That 20 percent, one in five, don't think the Holocaust happened. That's like these loony kazunis who say that, oh, well, October 7th didn't happen. Hamas taped it with their GoPros. Even the guys who've been interrogated admit what happened. They talk about the planning. You have the little booklets that were found. But again, they videotaped it, but they still don't believe it. And they still don't believe. Is there someone out there who doesn't believe the Holocaust happened? Clearly one in five, basically college age in America think it's a myth. Boy, does education in America need to be turned around? Let's go to norm line one, Uh, norm, your thoughts about this. That study to me is it's, I don't even know what to say to somebody who says the Holocaust didn't happen. It's gross norm.
9: Yeah, it's, Shows you what types of people we're dealing with today. Um, look, listen, I, I was thinking about the Saturday Night Live uh, show where the goofing on Stephonic and all I'm thinking is, like, why is this show still on the air? It's been like, I mean, this show hasn't had any social relevance. Since the 90s. Talk to Pete about that. He actually worked on the show. <laughs> but I, I just I just don't understand. RP I mean, he did. You know, R.P. from funny. Staten
1: Island did. Oh, wow. Oh, I, by the way, Pete's on hold. So I'm going to go to him in a second. Go ahead.
9: Yeah, no, I mean, the show has no relevance. Uh, it's, it's not funny. Who's watching it? Uh, my 28 year old nephew is not watching it. The 22 year olds are not watching it. So what is this? Is this basically people like um you know uh you know liberals like my age like 40 50 you know like leftists my age who who are watching I and mean, who the hell is watching this show? So I'm just you know I don't know and Lauren Michaels uh, and 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 what I was thinking of I think he's Jewish isn't Lauren Michaels Jewish? Yeah, Lauren Michaels is Jewish. But didn't 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 donald trump once co hosted saturday night live i seem to recall that yes the, he did he did
1: i remember he did he absolutely yeah, did now he's
9: enemy number one but he was okay back then to co-host the show now he's hitler but back then you know it, you know they they liked him you know i i look the, the show is just i don't know anyway no you're it. right no, no but input. you know
1: norm it is par for the course though with all the stuff that's happening in these colleges It is sort of par for the course that they would mock it. But and to me, you know, I'm all for I I don't really like the like, you know, uh, shutting down a free speech with comedy. I think sometimes, you know, when some people oh well, you can't joke about this, you can't joke about it. But I do think there's uh, very few things that are off limits. And I would think like Holocaust or genocide are sort of off limits. And to and to use this as like mocking, you know, mocking Stephonic. When I thought, by the way, she did a superb job because clearly uh, it revealed some very eye-opening answers from those people. I thought it was one of the best in, like, questionings that I've seen in a long time because a lot of times Congress, they miss the mark. So, I mean, it to me is um, – it, it's reprehensible, but it's just sort of par for the course. It makes me think this is what's going on in colleges, so that's what's going on, I guess, at L- SNL. It's an extension. Let's go to Pete. Uh, who is on hold, as I mentioned. You used to work for SNL. I didn't realize that, Pete.
7: Yeah, Norm, thanks for the lead. And and, uh, your mother's the greatest. I'll tell you, the other day I I was loving what she was saying about with Pearl Harbor and uh, his... his book that he has. But uh, Saturday Night Live was an adventure. I made a lot of money there.
1: Now, wait, uh, how long were you at... What did you do at uh, SNL, and how long were you there, Pete? I didn't know that. Well, I did did
7: different jobs. I was a stagehand originally because I'm in the local One Theatrical Stage Employee Union. But I did other stuff. I was an assistant designer. I did everything up there, lighting director. I had an adventure, but that show... Every Monday, I used to be worried Sunday night whether the show was still going to be on. They pushed the button so many times. Lauren Michaels is a genius, but he also had a nervous breakdown. And at the time, uh, another uh, great guy who passed away was that was with the sporting Dick Ebersole was the producer because this was nerve wracking. And the money that they spent on this show was unbelievable. Sometimes they treated me better than the stars. I had hotel rooms that were like uh, thousands of dollars. Pete, I would have you said, directory. Pete, that's what the
1: migrants have now in New York. So you know, oh, yeah. you were... <laughs> no, I,
7: I was living that life back in the... I was by the Playboy Club. It was on Lexington Avenue. That wow, was, so, Pete, a so Pete, so Pete, real week. quick,
1: just because we're. But I, I, by the way, I'm you You've had all these great lives, Pete. I love that. I love learning more about I've you. Done it's a great. Lot of jobs. So I've now, done, Pete, what so do you think? What do you think of the fact that they did this? Um, we're mocking and like, oh, a Holocaust, like a genocide, like. To me, I, I think it's I think it's unseemly. That's just, I'm not comfortable with it at all. I think it's gross, and I think there's other things they could have been mocking about. I, I don't think it's something to mock about.
7: I agree with you 100%, but they, they've done like this before. I mean, a lot of times I said... We ain't going to be on the air Monday, you know. And I was like, "Wow, you know." And it was a good gig. I mean, I loved. I made. I made quite a bit of money. And uh well, by the way, like, by the way, Pete. After hearing
1: that, that's the only silver lining I've heard after all this because uh you're oh, terrific. Yeah. <laughs> and and Pete, thank you so much. I'm so glad to get your perspective. Um, it'll be interesting if any of the, there's been some gripe that some of the people there also were not comfortable with the skit. I wonder if they spoke out. I wonder if they were told to keep their mouth shut. Um, I wonder if they, maybe they didn't say anything. Maybe they had private reprehensions, but they didn't say anything. Uh, let's real quick, go to Christine real quick. Line two, Christine, your thoughts real quick. Hey Rita. Good evening. Um, I just want to tell you
2: that Stan just really, I mean, I blew a gasket after that man talk. He is astonishing. And you are very kind and very patient to put him on the air so much. And I know you have to mix it up a little bit. But how dare he know what those families are going through and what they need at the moment? And yeah, maybe they I just agree need with to you. Be, what if they need to just be around other people that understand what they're going through?
1: Yeah, and, and you heard what parking. I said. Listen, I've been at a number of events at the White House they are great opportunities mm-hmm. to talk to different staff members. And by the way, Christine, if my family, if I had a family member that was held hostage, I would be in front of the White House every day with the sign. I would want to talk to every single one of them. I would go over to Israel, too. I'd be screaming to the rooftops to do whatever we could to bring my loved one home. And I don't blame them whatsoever. I actually think it's smart to go to the White House for them. For whatever reason, like you said, and, and how dare he assume, like, oh, they can go. I agree. Disgusting. Right, Christine? Disgusting. You know, absolutely. You know that saying, like, walk a mile in a man's shoes. You
2: stand. I, I bet you couldn't even go a quarter of a mile in, the, in what those people are going through. So, like, how dare you? Yeah, I'm I'm sorry. I just had a call because I was so irritated.
1: Christine, join the club. I'm with you on that one, my friend. Definitely. Thank you. We're going to continue your calls. You heard what Stan said. Oh, they shouldn't go to the White House and celebrate. That doesn't look good. How dare he say that about the hostage family members who wanted to go to the White House and they got snubbed. That's the thing. Did they get just overlooked i'm being maybe too nice or was it intentional that they didn't want them at the white house because they knew that if i were them i'd go right over to the president and say mr president i need to talk to you what are you doing to get my loved ones out whatever it is they had a right to be there 1-800-848-9222
0: you're listening to the rita cosby show The Rita Cosby Show.
1: So, U.S. colleges on the hot seat, do you think that more university presidents will be removed? And uh, boy, we're still uh, reeling after Stan's comment saying, how dare these hostage families? These are the family members of the American hostages that are being held in Gaza. Remember, there's seven or eight of them, at least. And they apparently wanted to go to the White House Hanukkah reception tonight, but said they did not get invitations. So we're looking into this. Was it an intentional snub? That's terrible. And regardless, they absolutely deserve To be there. And that would give them a chance also to talk to many members, uh, potentially of Congress that might be at that event, other Jewish leaders, maybe the president himself. Uh, I could totally understand why they'd want to go. And Stan says, it's silly. They shouldn't be partying and celebrating. Stan, that was disgusting. I agree. And I said it before, we'll say it again. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, Let's go to Joaquin, line four. Joaquin, what would you think of that one from Stan? That was a doozy.
6: Oh, really? You know what? I I like Stan, but you know what? By the way, I do, too. There's
1: something lovable. But, boy, that was a kooky one tonight.
6: You know what? And if, if he wants to throw a dig at me like he did last week, you know, say my name. Say it loud. Say it proud, Joaquin, you know? he can throw a dig at me. I don't mind. But you know what, Stan? Listen, there was a father. Okay. I have not, I have four children and nine grandchildren. Okay. And there was a father and he said that he was glad that his daughter died. Uh, he thought his daughter died because she wouldn't have to suffer under what Hamas was doing. That's so heart wrenching. Okay. You're glad that your daughter died, that she didn't have to suffer. Okay. And I'm going to tell you right now, if I was president or if I was prime minister of Israel, you know, Donald Trump took out Soleimani. I would have taken out these guys who are living. I, Rita, I don't know what country these guys are living in that are the leaders of Vermont. I would have drone struck them. I would have hit them. I ran oil fields and I would send them the Green Beret and the uh, and Delta Force.
1: By the, and, uh, the way, I Joaquin, I, I agree with you. You know what? I mean, they got to take them out because they're all over the place. And I certainly would be
8: inviting the hostage families wherever they wanted to go. One million people. That's how many people go blind each year. That's a staggering number. Hi, I'm Randall Lavoglio, President and CEO of C International. By the end of this year, 1 million men, women, and children will have gone blind. 285 million people worldwide are visually impaired, and 90% of them live in developing countries. Here's an even more sobering fact. Every 60 seconds, somewhere in the world, a child goes blind. They will live their lives unable to see the beautiful world around them if they don't get the treatment they need. Yet 80% of all these cases could have been prevented or treated. The only thing they lack is access to proper eye care. See International is a Santa Barbara-based nonprofit dedicated to getting them that care. All it takes is about $100 to restore someone's sight and transform their life forever. For more information, go to our website at cinternational.org.